Hello, everyone, and welcome to the repilot of the Hustle and Hoops podcast. Um, it's me, Zach. I'm with Dove, as always. Um, but we're kind of restarting the podcast from here on out. We got a couple new faces that will be joining us from here on out. Um, I'm going to start with Jacob Duville. Jacob, how are you today? Uh, tell, tell the people a little about yourself. I'm uh, happy to be here, obviously. I'm a student at Michigan State, uh, friends with you guys, uh, and I'm here to talk some hoops. So let's get to it, you know? Yeah, let's get to it. And then uh, we had a little sneak peek of him last week, um, but he'll be joining us uh, for most episodes from here on out. Jack Mandel. Jack, how are you today? Boys, I'm happy to be back. Um I'll introduce myself a little bit, just in case people didn't listen to the last episode. Um, Jack Mandel, junior at University of Michigan. Been friends with uh, Shub, Doug, and Duve our whole life. Whole life. And yeah, I'm ready to talk some hoops. Let's get into it. Yeah, so from here on out, uh, most likely going to be all four of us on every pod if we can handle it. Um, might have to run the three-man Might have to run a three-person, on... a two-person, but... At, nevertheless, there's going to be some combination of the four of us every week from now on. Uh, Dove, I know you're excited to have uh, the true squad. This is really more like destiny. This is how it should have been from the start. Uh, how are you on this Thursday? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I mean, we had a we had an excellent uh, past week of basketball. I'm including the past weekend in there as well. Um, but yeah, had a fun time watching some basketball. Had some good games last night. Um, and I'm just ready to, to start getting into this stuff. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's only here to talk one thing, and that's basketball. And you guys are only here to talk basketball, listen to basketball. So, the first thing, the biggest news, Shams Charania breaking the news that AD is most likely going to play this Friday, tomorrow against the Pelicans in a crucial Western Conference play in uh, implication game. We'll talk a little bit more about the Western Conference play in um, a little bit later in the show. Um, but I'll queue up uh, Jacob first, Duville. What do you think about the AD return? Uh, there's only five games left in the regular season for them. Will he be the thing, the factor the, the Lakers need to get over that hump and secure their playing spot? Um, I think we're really going to find out. Uh, like you said, there's only like five games left and they're not in the best spot. I know we're all talking about LeBron's age and it seems like we're doing that every year, but he's still performing and contributing like he always does. So he's coming back from that sprained ankle also. Um, the team's just not in a good state. And I think they're really just trying to do everything to just get into the play-in at this point and just try to salvage whatever they have. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are 23-13 and 13 with Anthony Davis on the floor this year. Um, I think that, like you said, LeBron is doing everything he can to will them to the playoffs. Um, but uh, Dove or Jack, you got anything to add? You think this is what the, the Lakers have been missing? Like I said, they're 10 games over 500 with him. Uh, does this really make the biggest impact? Because we've seen how they've been playing recently. I mean, personally, like Jacob just said, um, it's really going to prove if AD can carry a team because LeBron's hurt. He, like, he might be playing, but 
he's hurt, so he probably won't be 100%. But even LeBron not at 100% is better than the vast majority of the league. I think – do the Lakers play the Spurs in their last few games here? Yeah, they do. They play the Spurs once. Uh, I mean, they also play the Pelicans on Friday. They play Utah tonight. And then they play the Nuggets twice. And they play Phoenix also. They have a really tough schedule coming yeah, up. So, they, looking, like, they need it. They need them to be healthy if they're going to play. I was looking at um, their schedules remaining, both teams, and I definitely thought both of them would lose the majority of their games. So, what I think it comes down to is the game where they play each other. I think the winner of that game will most likely go on to make it as the 10 seed in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and uh, Dove, I'll cue this question up for you. Do you think that um, with a fully healthy AD, can they win any games in the play-in tournament? Uh, we'll go into a like, play-in play tournament a little bit later, but does the does like assuming they do make it, does, does AD make a difference? Can they beat a team like the Clippers or the Timberwolves in, in, in one-game series? There's one pivotal factor that that I have concern about and is is LeBron playing is LeBron playing like maybe you know a week you know two weeks from now or whatever it's a different conversation um you know we'll see he talked about you know there was a mention of him possibly also coming back with Anthony um and, and I don't know I mean that I don't know how realistic that is um, but if you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, I guess, you know, you got, you got the core there. So it's something, but is that enough to beat who, you know, who are you going up against? Um, Probably the Suns or the Grizzlies. And the, f- yeah, the no. first round's a totally different Well, if they're the 10 seed, they can only play the Suns. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this uh, last year. I mean, like, obviously not on a podcast format, but like, the, the national media was like, just let them in, let them in the tournament, let them in the playoffs and playoff LeBron will take over. And, and he, obviously AD wasn't fully healthy, but the Lakers shat the bed. They didn't do anything. I mean, I think y'all are talking about LeBron's and that was injury. a better, that was a better supporting cast. And that's saying something yeah. that was still a shit team. Yeah. I mean, y'all were talking about LeBron's injury and yes, he is playing hurt. Uh, he's been playing hurt. Um, but I think this current ankle injury is more having to do with let's hold him out until AD is ready and then just go hard the rest of the way. There's no point in sending out a 85% LeBron James for a jazz game that they would probably lose with him on the floor anyway. So I think they're just gearing up for those last five games of the regular season. Um, but we'll go into the, to the full play in conversation later in the, in the show. Uh, Move on to the next topic. We got a few uh, Michigan basketball fans in the call. So Michigan basketball alumnus Jordan Poole has been on an absolute tear as of late. Um, I don't. He dropped 38 last night, I, I believe is the correct number, like against the Suns. He tried to jack up a half-court game winner like Matt Barnes with five seconds left in the game, which wasn't the smartest shot. Um, but ever since the Curry injury and even before he's been, he hasn't not had 20 points in a game, um, which, you know, we've known he's a good scorer. We've known that, but he's been inconsistent like that. That was his biggest issue. And now he's showing consistency, but the Warriors still seem to be terrible ever since Curry went down. So 
anyone got anything to say or add to that Jordan Poole? Is, is, like, is his good play just not being recognized, being the slack being picked up elsewhere? Jack, Jack, come on. You got, yeah. you really got something. Um, Jordan Poole has been – he's been really good, man. Obviously, the Warriors have been losing, and that just shows, like, how much Steph Curry matters to that team. But Jordan Poole has been scoring and he's been assisting. I was looking at his last 10 games. He had 10 assists one game, seven assists one game, like six or seven assists a different game. He's probably averaging like four-ish, five-ish assists in the last 10 games. So he's taken over that point guard role in some form, but he's also now at who knows how many games at 25-plus points. Right. Yeah, I think that that is the craziest part about it is like, I remember we were talking about this like a week, two weeks ago. But on you know, like 20-game streak of dropping 20 points, and he's still on that streak. And on top of that, he just makes – like he makes that team look so much better without Steph Curry. Like, And I don't mean that in the way – obviously, he's nowhere near Steph Curry, and he's not going to be able to fill that role, but at least he's doing a little to supplement it. Um, my concern, and I don't know what you guys think about this, um, was that lineup that they ran a bunch where it was, it was Clay, cool, Clay and Curry. No, 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 no. The one last night that was oh, Gary Clay, Iguodala, Otto Porter, Jonathan Kuminga, and Bielitsa. That was the five that they were running for. I want to say it was a decent, like seven to eight minutes of that game, which is, Eight minutes too many. Then go and get out the way. I didn't know Iggy no, came was, back. That's news to me. I didn't, I didn't see he was, was smiling. Give the back. ball to Clay and just hope that he can get it in there. And then maybe some there were auto there were a couple out of quarter buckets for some Nemanja Bielitsa, you know, up at the top of the key, up fake to the drive, and then a lot of those ended in turnovers. So that was that was rough. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what you guys think about you know. Outside of what we've seen the rest of the season, can you really look at what's going on right now and what's happened since, you know, even since Dre came back in the lineup? Like, they didn't look great. They didn't look amazing. Um, and now that Curry's out, it's it's concerning. It's concerning. But I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I was just going to say they're on a four-game skid right now. And – Individually, I will say Jordan Poole looks like he's on this tear and nobody can stop him. He would dunk on anybody right now, it looks like, if he had the chance. And it's just really sad because they aren't winning. And he does make everyone's life easier on the court, but at the same time, like, it just goes to show, like, how important Steph is to that lineup. and to the overall core because even when you have Jordan Poole doing everything, it's not enough. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to really judge the Warriors and, and Jordan Poole, especially because we don't know how they'll play when they have their core big three all together. They only played together for six minutes before uh, Curry went down. Obviously right when Clay came back, Draymond came, went out with injury. And then when Draymond comes back, Curry goes out with injury. So, 
we saw the sneak peek of that. The lineup would still include Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, probably. Um, at where Clay Thompson would be playing the three and Curry and Poole would be the guards. You're but, saying, oh. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we're talking about Jordan Poole. I don't know how he'll play when when that that's the starting lineup. Well, that's that's not been their lineup, though. That's not been but their that, starting that's, lineup. That's bench. going to be their starting lineup. I we would prefer Poole. Oh, you're saying, man? We haven't seen yeah. it because they haven't done it because Curry's been injured and Draymond was injured. Like we're gonna yes, like, but starting... the plan. The plan when they did have all three of them was to have Poole off the bench. That was then you're starting that, that's what everyone thought their plan was, but I don't think that's gonna be like that's with the one game where they all started or like where everyone was available, they started together. In this lineup, do you have Andrew Wiggins at the four? Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's oh. gonna work anymore, but I mean that's what they tried. That's all I can say. That that's their that was their plan. I be, or, I believe okay, the one game that that happened, I think uh Wiggins was hurt, but we'll we'll I mean So it was like Bialitza or something. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I forgot. No, it was uh Otto Porter Jr. So okay. got it. I got it. I, it's hard. That's you just can't, Judd. You just can't. Like, the Warriors have thrown together. Like, Steve Kerr rests guys every other day. Like, it's so hard to judge any of these players as individuals when they're constantly getting different supporting people around them. Like, they've run so many different lineups, so many different starting lineups, kind of like the Lakers, but, like, the role players that are coming in are actually decent at basketball. Um, so... We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Jordan Poole under the bright lights. We'll see if that changes anything. But, I mean, until Steph comes back, he's he's doing the best he can to fill in for Steph. Obviously, he's not going to draw those double and triple teams that Steph draws. But as as far as a Steph Curry replacement goes, he's doing a decent job. Yeah. Um, so let's move on a little bit, unless you got anyone else got anything to add on that. Um, Robert Williams has been diagnosed with a torn meniscus um some players can play right through it like joel Embiid did a couple years back i believe and some players really struggle and need surgery um like james wiseman did in the playoffs last year and has been ruled out for this entire season this year um after playing a few g league games so obviously robert williams is one of the more low-key players in the league uh in terms of getting recognized for contributing to a team's success um, Until, like right before his injury yeah but we all know how big of an impact true. we all know how big of an impact he's had for the celtics and their tremendous run over the past three months so how much does this affect him we obviously saw they lost they lost last night and i'm sure robert williams would have helped a lot to go head to head with bam at a bio but does this have their long-term playoff implications because he's probably going to be out for at least four weeks minimum well, off the bat, I think the biggest thing to look at last night um, was, like you said, that big issue. Um, you know, you looked at who they were throwing out there. Obviously, Al Horford has been um, – I, I don't want to say surprising because it's not like he hasn't done this his whole career, but, like, for the age that he's at, surprising um, that he's still able to do it at this level. But they were throwing out Al Horford and Grant Williams to, you know, to to – run against Miami who 
damn near all they do is beat you in the paint. And then if they can't, they're going to hit you with 15, you know, 16 threes a game. Like it's a, or sorry, like driving kick threes a game. You, you get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's ridiculous. Miami is probably at this point, I mean, it's clear, you know, they're probably the best at that specific thing. Um, you know, it's why they built the roster that they did with all these other shooters, Struess and Robinson, even though I know you're going to bring it up. Um, <laughs> but the the biggest thing that I think me personally that I saw last night, and I'm actually kind of curious about what you guys thought about it, was how um, Boston, especially Boston's, I wouldn't even say guards, but just like Jason Tatum or not Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart really struggled getting through those Bam Adebayo screens, um, especially on the Bam Adebayo rolls. Uh, they had no idea how to defend that shit a lot of times. So I, I don't know. I'm just curious how you guys, what you guys thought about the game in general, but also that. I was going to say, uh, back to Shub's point, he is one of the more low-key players. And I think with a lot of the low-key players in the league, you don't see a lot in the box score. Some nights you do, but it's all about what they do outside of the box score. And I think Robert Williams does a great job at that. And it's kind of one of those players where you have to watch specifically him if you're like just looking at him, want to see what he's doing. But he relieves a lot of pressure for uh, his smaller guys on the court offensively and defensively. He can get those blocks like we know he can rebound. And it's like it's a big loss. And right now it's really fresh. So I think they're just still trying to cope and fill in the holes where they see him. But going into the playoffs, I think you have to be a little scared because he was an anchor. And without that, you have a Thice, a Horford, a Grant. Yeah. And it's just like those guys can hold weight, but <clears throat> come playoff time when Jason Tatum's probably getting like 35 minutes pushing up, it's, it's going to be very tough. Yeah, and just to go off of that playoff conversation real quick, um, they're looking at a potential Toronto Raptors first-round matchup, and – as many people know, the tr to play in Canada, you have to be fully vaccinated. And oh the rumors are that Jalen Brown and Al Horford were not vaccinated earlier in the season. Obviously, not having and Grant Jason Williams Tatum. is even bigger loss. I believe Tatum. <laughs> Al, Horford, Al Horford came out today saying, I'm ready to play whenever, wherever. No word on Jalen Brown. Like Losing Grant Williams just hurts that much more if they can't play in those road games in Toronto, if they do have to play Toronto. Um, well, you saw – sorry. No, you, you go ahead. You saw what happened in the Raptors game the other day, right? I did not. They didn't have any of, like, their starters at all. Like, any of them. Yeah. Like, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Grant Williams. I don't think any of them were there. In it's crazy Toronto. how low-key that is. I never like, knew about in the In the whole fucking – I don't know why. Like, I, didn't, I think I they feel were like back I in Boston. No one was talking about it. Well, no, I – so – I. That's Shout out, you guys know my favorite through the wire. They were talking about this and they were trying to figure out why this was like, because they had seen that same report. Like they were talking about that same report um, or that same concept of like, okay, yeah. what if Boston plays Toronto? And 
one of the people on there was like, wait a minute. They didn't play any of their starters the other night. So the question is, does that mean that all of them are unvaccinated or does that mean that they just, I don't know. Like, obviously it's a conspiracy theory. Like it's not, not nothing to back it up, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum haven't said anything over the entirety of the season about their vaccination status. I think I could be wrong, but I think that they in haven't the box said score <clears throat> in the box score. It says they were both injured that game, but yeah, knows? everyone had like a knee issue. Yeah. But it says nothing about Al Horford, so I definitely think – and Grant Williams. <laughs> wait, wait. It only says Tatum, Brown, and Smart are injured? No, Smart played. It said Tatum and Brown oh. were hurt. And then it's just said that Al Horford and Grant Williams got zero minutes. doesn't say why. Huh. Was it the Peyton Pritchard show? <laughs> it, was, it was the Marcus Smart That's show. Not, Derek White. Yeah, Oregon. Derek White. Derek Marcus White probably went show. off. Marcus Smart. Okay. Daniel Tice played 41 minutes that game. Oh, wait. Marcus Smart shot like That's 11 shots and shot like 20%, didn't he? They had seven players in double digits. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting off track, though. Robert Williams. Yeah, that it would be it's it's a tough thing to lose him. And obviously, there's a lot of question marks around um the Celtics and how you know in the playoffs they're gonna play. Because another thing about um, even going back to what we were talking about with the Warriors, or not yeah, with the Warriors, that is a good point that I think, you know, we can kind of lose track of just in, in the spur of the moment or whatever as we're getting into the playoffs is that, like, teams that perform badly going into the playoffs, that doesn't have any effect on them in the first round. Like, that's never had any effect on teams in the first round. Like, teams that go on a five-game, six-game losing streak, don't end up just getting swept because of that. In the if play, you're gonna like, lose, the then it, now then is the time to do it. Not in the playoffs. Like if right. and if Robert Williams were to get hurt, you'd much prefer it two weeks before the season ends versus three days before the season ends. And yeah. uh, one thing, I mean, uh, I'll get into this in a little bit, but one thing that a lot of these teams that have clinched a one through six seed don't have to worry about is they get an extra week off uh, in between the end of the regular season and the playoffs uh, because the plan tournament will last about five days, I believe pretty much. So like they get their normal day off days off at the end of the season. Then there's the four day plan tournament. And then there's like another two days before the playoff series starts. So they really have a lot of time to gel. It gives people more time to heal up other players, not named Robert Williams for the Celtics. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to move on now to the next topic. Uh, we all saw Paul George dominate in his return uh, against Utah the other day, really took over in the fourth quarter, which, you know, it's kind of rare to see a guy who hasn't played in three months, you know, close a game, like not really on a clear minutes restriction, uh, like was there throughout the entire game, did not look like he had just missed three months, but a 30 piece, I believe. How many like, steals did he have? I can't remember. Four but... steals. <laughs> I mean, like all of them were in the first like 10 minutes of the game. I, I don't want to overreact, but does, does Paul George, does Paul George's readdition to the team make them a contender to win a playoff series? Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) rephrase that question. How is that? I don't. Does Paul George, are they a contender in a playoff series? You mean, can they beat? 
Yeah, can, can they, they win a play? Can they win a playoff series? Yeah. So we were From talking about this before position. we started. Um, we were talking about this before crazy. we started, but yeah. I personally think, let's say, the the Clippers beat the Timberwolves in the first round of the play-in, and they're the seventh seed. I could see them beating the Grizzlies with a healthy Paul George. It's obviously going to be tough. Might be a six or seven game series, but I think they could do it because we saw they won two games against the Suns last year without Kawhi with Fiji, and they won the series before that. Um, they definitely can't beat the Suns. I mean, those are the only two teams. I don't game. think they can jump yeah. ahead of the like Jazz or Nuggets at six. So, like the only two teams that they could potentially play are Memphis and Phoenix. And I think we're all in agreement that no one's touching Phoenix in the first round, no matter who comes out of there. Um, oh, but Memphis is a different story. Real quick, though, y'all just skipped over the fact that they are playing Minnesota. And to be honest with you, because Isaiah Hardenstein is playing the biggest minutes for that. Well, before Paul George came back, like he's been playing huge minutes for them, right? I mean, he still comes off the bench. They don't trust him enough to start. But, yeah, he, he closes games. He plays, you know, him and Zubac are pretty much a 50-50 split, maybe a little bit right. more towards Hartenstein at this point. And you go against Minnesota where you've got Carl Anthony Towns, who's definitely going to body Zubac in every game and probably follow him out at least once. So then, then then you get a heart inside on him. It's one and, game. And, it, and I don't care if it's one game. It, it's still a, that's still a dub. So yeah, I'm you're you're on the side of doesn't matter Paul George, small George. He's a No, he's no, not, I'm, they, I'm they a big can't Paul win George fan. I'm just saying realistic pandemic playing. Yeah. Play playing Oh. No. <laughs> Minnesota is a good team. Like there's a very strong chance that the length of their forwards, I'm talking about Jalen McDaniel or Jaden McDaniels and uh, Vanderbilt. Throw either of them on Paul George for 48 minutes, and you're going to make it very difficult for the Clippers to win. If you shut down Paul George, Nas Reed is also a really good backup center to Cat. He uh, could give some Jared problems. Vanderbilt. Here's cooking Isaiah Hartenstein. That's over. Reggie Jackson's feeling himself. You never know. Yeah, Reggie Jackson with those glasses. He's a new man. But that's the same thing. You can say the same thing as Reggie Jackson can also have a terrible game. And it's also the same thing for D'Lo. D'Lo, like last night, he had a terrible, terrible game. But then sometimes he's he's Kyrie Irving mixed with Draymond Green. It's like it makes no sense. So that's D'Lo. I but I here's the thing, Dove. I think if you look at this roster, you look at the Clippers roster, and like obviously they did not have Kawhi and Paul George uh, for most of the season. But like if you at, like, there's a reason that when Kawhi and Paul George are on the roster, they're a championship favorite. Like, what's the deal with Norman right now? What do you, does anyone what do you know? Mean? No, oh, his injury. Yeah, what's the deal with his injury? Um, I mean. Uh, it, Unrelated to his injury, like if you look at their supporting cast, like very good. It's it's one of the better supporting casts, like in the NBA. And Reggie has been playing really well on paper. Like, like the thing that they were missing was a superstar. Yeah, like the the fact that superstar. The fact that they're thirty-seven and thirty-nine 
with no Kawhi the entire season and Paul George missing the majority of the season, you put Paul George back on that team, I think that puts them into a threat. I think you're overthinking the fact that, oh, yeah, Minnesota's just been a better team this year. But that's because Paul George hasn't been there. No, it's not that Minnesota's been a better team. They're not that – I don't see – I have – like, obviously their seasons have been very different, but I think – and I am I the only one that thinks that the defense that Minnesota brings in in a one-game – in a one-game situation, there's a – there's probably like a – it's probably 50-50. Yeah, to toss up. Yeah. And what I was like, going to think is – Oh, sorry. You can finish. No, all I was saying is that I don't think it was, and I, I'm sure this isn't when you met Mindy, but like I, I'm not not counting Minnesota out so easily as just can the like get Clippers beat now. That's all. Saying if they get there, I could definitely see them beating the Clippers. Same. Right. What were you saying, dude? My bad. Yeah. Before we move on, real quick, um, like you guys said, pandemic. Oh. My apologies. Pandemic hasn't been there for quite some time. Don't call time. him Pandemic, bro. He'll drop Pandemic more responsive, More uh, respectful here. Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> Not been there for most of the season. And um, he just came back, but he had a really good showing. But uh, I think if they have any sort of playoff, like rumbles or do anything, it's going to be up to uh, the supporting cast. And barring any, like – playoff p things like if he can just do like 25 a game at least if if he could paul george could just do that and not do like one for nine from three or something like that i think that would be uh really interesting to see how yeah. far they would go and just to go off that to finish up like when you turn reggie jackson from their number one to their number two and you turn marcus morris from their number two to their number three like that has a big trickle effect like when you're not asking luke Kennard to give you 30 points a game as a starter and you can let him come off the bench and go against bench players. Like he excels off the bench. Like when we've seen it in Detroit, like he showed his flashes of good shooting. Like he was terrible as a starter because he's not a starter in this league, but we know he can shoot 45% from three. And that's something that is comes up really big in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again next week, to be honest, because next yeah. week we'll tell a totally different story. Um, but last thing before we get into a little bit more planned conversation, this is the weekly segment here, the Nuggets injury updates. <laughs> um, Michael Porter Jr. had a setback. This isn't really shocking news. It's very clear that uh, the setback happened because people thought he was going to be playing by now. People were saying, uh, yeah, he's going to be – Back on March 17th, that didn't happen. We haven't gotten any updates. And then it came out, he had a setback. It was like, they said the setback was because he was overworking himself. He was trying too hard to get back onto the court. And then Michael Malone yesterday says, we're exhausting all options when it comes to Jamal Murray. Which makes me think, like, originally you would think you wouldn't see him coming back if it meant he could only come back second week in the playoffs. Like that's like, we're not going to add a guy who's going to give us 35 minutes a game when he hasn't played all season. We're going to just insert him into the lineup come playoff time. But like I alluded to earlier, they have that extra week of just nothing where potentially he could get acclimated with the team. 
I'm going off on a tangent again, like I always do. Oh, you are such a Nuggets fan. We know how it, we know how this goes. If they're healthy, they're a championship contender. But I don't think MPJ is coming back this year. I don't think Jamal Murray's coming back this year. Y'all got anything from a non-biased outsider point of view on this? It's, it's yeah. Even if the they were to come back, like I would say, it's a pipe dream to expect uh jamal back um i think it would be very rough and they should just give him the off season at this point i know they have the pieces and they met jokic or whoever in the office might be thinking like their time is now but if you rush it there's that chance where God forbid he could get injured and it would be way, like worse. So I think you uh, not shut him down entirely, like still let him try to come back, but don't exhaust all options as uh, coach said. Like yeah. I don't think that's the smartest thing to do when the season's just about to finish. Yeah, so- I mean – just to clarify real quick, yeah. really quick, are, yeah. were you saying that they're um, they're exhausting every option to try to get both or, or that, that was referring or to Jamal. Michael? That that was referring Jamal. to Jamal. That was referring to Jamal. So yeah. so Porter had a setback because he was trying to get on too fast. Yeah. Um. So he's not even in the question. But I, Jamal. Yeah. Originally, Jamal originally it was focus now. Originally, originally it was Michael. Yeah, originally it was Porter and Jr. Now was going to be the first to come back. Well, actually, no. Now it's it the opposite. It was Jamal, then it was Michael. Now yeah. it's Jamal again. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, like you were saying, Duville, this season, if they're not fully healthy, there's no point in bringing them back because they their window is bigger. Everyone, all of their key pieces are locked up for the next two years. Aaron Gordon signed a contract extension. Joker's not going anywhere. Jamal's not going anywhere. Porter's not going anywhere. Will's got another year on his contract. Monte Morris isn't going anywhere. He's got another two years on his contract. Bones just got drafted. All of their key pieces are not going anywhere. So there's no point in like, unless, unless they are healthy, because if they're healthy, you play them. But if they're not, you just, you, 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 you just move on. You just move on. With this and if they are healthy, then that's terrifying. But yeah. well, they're probably it has not been thirteen. Be. It's been thirteen months since Jamal tore his ACL. I'm not like I'm. I've never torn my ACL. I know it's difficult to come back from. It's just about trusting your knee again, is what they're really saying. But like, thirteen months for an athlete is usually usually they're back by around now, and uh, they're making it sound like he's not anywhere close to coming back, which is. I'm sure it's just as frustrating for him as it is for Nuggets fans. I was going to say you can't really judge that because every time in sports when it's an ACL, Achilles, uh, concussion, all those uh, common injuries that we see, they always say everybody's different. And it sucks because you always want like a set amount of time where you can count on them to be back. Yeah. uh, yeah, like everybody's different in the NFL. Just a quick side note: Cam Akers. That's that was wild. Like though. Five months from a torn Achilles. Like it, it's just like everybody moves at a pace of their own, and it's really sad because Clay he was out for like two years, but I think that yeah. was more so like the organization like really wanting to be safe. But still, like 
everybody's at their own pace. And yeah, whenever Jamal comes back, he'll be 100. Yeah. 100 and- he's not going to come back unless he's 100%, whether that's this year or next year. The Nuggets overachieved this year without him. Um, so they're going to be ready to prove themselves next year, if it is next year, with a fully healthy lineup. And I think they're going to be a team to, to be reckoned with. Um, the last quick thing about the Nuggets, I don't know if anyone watched last night. It was all over Twitter or whatever. The fact that Austin Rivers was ejected for a phantom elbow last night because Lance Stevenson, I don't even think they ended up calling it a flagrant foul. I think it was Austin Rivers' second technical foul because they called it like intimidation or like taunting or something because he like fakes throwing an elbow, which, you know, Tony Brothers, no more Nuggets games for him. Okay. He's done. He's done. That was insane. Shouts out Ben's fourth ref's Twitter page. They always <laughs> post uh, when refs fuck up. Just a little plug. Shouts out. Um, one day we'll talk about how, and and I, I need to find it for us to even be able to talk about it, but apparently the NBA like has a, has a designated system for their assignment of referees and the quality of referees that go to certain teams. So, like, for example, the Lakers, the Knicks, um, name a big market team, uh, the Warriors. The Bulls. The Bulls. Yeah, they, get, they get these, you know, top-tier refs every time, you know, or more often than not. And then teams like the Pistons, the Rockets, stuff like that, like, we're at the very, very, very bottom. I was thinking that the other day. When I was watching a Knicks game, I was like, oh, they get better refs than us. They just do. Like, it's flat-out like, statistic. The refs. Like I, I feel like if you know the who the refs are, that's usually a bad sign. It Facts. is. <laughs> Facts. Um, but this this guy had gone through and like made an actual like ranking system and everything of like all the different refs in the league based on, you know, I think it was I don't know. But it's just it's 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 something that eventually we're gonna have to talk about issues. No. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know. No, he was he was uh refing a game like the other day. Cool. I don't know, but that's all right. Probably the most egregious issue though would just be in some games Austin Rivers is gonna throw that elbow and he's gonna get called for that. But in some games he's gonna do the same thing and it's not gonna get called. Yeah. So I think these refs just need to all sit down together and figure out how to be consistent and talk and be uh, collaborative with the league. Like talk to the teams, like tell them like, Hey, like you guys want it to be physical night. Like we can let that happen. Like if both teams want it to be physical, like why can't you let some fouls go and like not call everything? Like, I, I don't know. The rest has got to be rules, but that's that's a whole different. I just don't. Like, it, it's the thing is, dude. Like they went to review on this Austin Rivers thing and still said it, it was worthy of an ejection. That's that's yeah, the crazy I, thing because I, I guess it's because they call though, it a technical and it was a second technical, but like the fact that they went to review and said that warrants a technical foul is insane. We um, should submit a proposal to the league. Call it referee training camp. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous like there's just no consistency ever and it's it makes the players suffer because they're starting to second guess what they can do and when they can do things and it's just like come on yeah 
I mean, we could talk about the referees and how horrible they are consistently for hours. Um, but we've been teasing it for a little bit with that. We're going to talk about the plan today and that's what we're going to do from now on until the rest of the show. So we'll start with the Eastern conference plan. Um, the Knicks are technically not eliminated. Wait, uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What? You almost, you almost completely skipped my whole segment. That's because I it was going to be in between oh. the East and the West, moron. Jesus Christ. Stay in your lane, Dove. Stay in your lane. But no trust. We were just talking about trust. Attorney. Yeah. Um, uh, go for ahead, any fans out there, I'm really sorry, but I don't think it's going to work. I think you guys might just have to look into the offseason, maybe trades. But, uh, yeah, I think the Knicks are out of it. So, it's just going to – I mean, I don't know what's going to happen here. I would really like to see the Hawks – but that's me being biased, so I'll let it go to you guys. Yes. I mean, it's, so it's between the, the four playing teams. The seeding is still up for grabs, but right now it's the Cavs who have fallen from grace tremendously since the Jared Allen injury. Uh, the Nets, who just have not been able to get their footing uh, since Kyrie started playing more. Obviously, no Ben Simmons, no James Harden. The Hawks and the Hornets, who have just been consistently consistently – mediocre um so dove you want to start uh on this one just give us a little insight on what you think this uh eastern conference plan will shake out who's the who's the are, are there tiers to these t- four teams or are they all pretty much the same or are they all about to get whooped by whoever uh they get to play in the first round i think there's uh well with the injuries that cleveland has and the way that their defense has looked um, and now that they don't have Evan Mobley either, um, it's tough. I mean, Evan Mobley's injury, I think, wasn't it? It's a lot less serious. It's only a couple weeks. Three um, games. Three games. Oh. Yeah, they're saying he's going to be out for three games. Cool. So, you know, it's not that terrible. But at the same time, um, the statistics with just Evan Mobley in your front court without Jared Allen weren't looking that great. Um, like bottom of the league bad so you know it's it's concerning um like you said they fell from grace um I think that's kind of just their whole season kind of just representing their whole season you know I think once I don't know that once they got Karis LeVert it seemed like everything started going bad um and I'm not blaming Karis LeVert I'm just saying that was the the period of the season that was the period of the season in which stuff started going wrong not that Karis had anything to do with um outside of them or not outside of them. Um, outside of Brooklyn, that's where I'd put everyone else. Yeah. Outside of Brooklyn. Like you've got, you know, Cleveland, you've got, you know, Charlotte, and you've got Atlanta. And I think they're all on the same tier. Um, I think Atlanta has the slight edge because you do have the better at those three. You know, you've got Trey Young, um, who as we've seen, damn near do anything in a series. Um so there's that, you know, we haven't seen LaMelo ball. So there's a chance that that could be, you know, cool. Um, they've had a, an interesting season, I think is the best way to say it. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, are, 
I think the more interesting conversation, because we can talk about the Nets, absolutely. But first, the more interesting conversation would be out of Cleveland, Atlanta, and Charlotte, who do you actually see doing anything? I mean, I, I don't see any of them doing anything. I mean, one of them's got to make it to the playoffs. Doing anything is in doing like, anything but, is in making it out of the play and yeah and 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 being in a series i mean, I mean personally ahead, okay um personally i could see the hawks doing something but that's literally just based on last year's playoff performance nothing that i've seen this season exactly i mean trey young in the playoffs we obviously saw that last year is different um Cleveland, is Jared Allen going to come back? Like, if they make it, he's got like three different injuries. Yeah, I just, I'm very sad. I was a huge fan of the Cavaliers this season, and on their downfall, I've been, I've been falling down with them. It's pretty sad, man. Love that team. They were a one seed for a couple days, and now they're all the way down, all the way down to seven. I could definitely see them falling out. But out of those teams, I pick Atlanta just because the talent oh, wait, on their falling team. falling out? Falling out of 7-8 or just falling out of the – like uh, the play? Losing in the play. And losing in, losing in a play. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, losing both games to fall out of the playoffs. Got it. Um, but, yeah, I pick Atlanta just because of the talent on their team and they're healthy somewhat. Um, yeah, I mean, Atlanta, Trey Young, if he's on one, we, we all know how that goes. Uh, J.D.? The Nets are obviously the most feared team out of these playing teams. Like we saw KD take the Bucks to seven last year and was like one shoe size away from sending them to the, to the next round. Um, so it's very possible they could play the Bucks in the first round. Do you think like I under the assumption that they win their playing game and they're the seven seed, do you think they have a chance again with now they have Kyrie now they have, their supporting cast is doesn't really matter, but can KD will them similar to how LeBron tries to will his team? Can KD will the Nets to a series against the Bucks again? Uh, I think this is the series where the experience will show. And what I mean by that is we have a lot, a lot of veterans who have been in a lot of playoff series if this series were to happen. Uh, I think their average ages are pretty old. So what I was going to say is basically it all depends on those little X factors. Like we can count on Giannis, Drew, Brooke to get their buckets. You can count on KD, Kyrie, Seth Curry to get their buckets. And then it's outside of that where it kind of like throws me into a loop, at least where I'm just starting to question like the Jordan Nawaras. Right, like would we see like some Blake Griffin threes or some Andre Drummond clutch blocks? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just that series is very questioning. It, yeah. it, it would be a great watch. And for a first-round matchup, I don't think it gives it much uh, justice because it should be like a second or third. But Yeah, and you never, we never know what would have happened if Kyrie was a full-time player the entire season. Because the Nets are still four games over 500, um, and they're they're the eighth seed. And you know, we obviously the West, the Lakers are 13 games under 500, and they're also competing for an eight seed. So, like, 
it's obviously to like the seedings are similar between the two teams and they get a lot of similar comparisons because of just their superstars not uh, gelling together this year but like you're saying those veterans on the nets like they they are on paper like LaMarcus Aldridge has been playing well but he's been injured Blake Griffin like hasn't even been at correct in the rotation as much recently Bruce Brown is like finding newfound success and I think it comes down to if they can get Ben Simmons back I think they might be a team to mess with Ben Simmons can guard Giannis so he can (laughs) when he's healthy do you want to hear what uh what Steve Nash is saying about Ben Simmons coming back? I don't think he's coming back, but I'm saying <laughs> I, if he did, it would be it would be electric. Because I, I was actually wondering that myself. I was like, I know he's not, but like, is there any chance at all? Man is not. It's Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a horrible was... coach and a horrible communicator. He's horrible. That's I, how you I, feel? Yeah. I think Steve Nash is a player's coach yeah he's a player's coach inside the building his voice is heard but outside like you said he's not good with the press not good uh, with the press yeah he's not like a commanding leader he's just he's one of the boys four days ago steve nash said he has no clarity on what the next steps are in simmons rehab he should have about that right now i'm sure he's got the season i mean he feels about a guy who hasn't even no, but shouldn't you know how, how one of your top players' rehab is going? He should if have some AD clarity. Or Kyrie, he'd be on that. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be telling the media. I have no clue. I just don't. I don't, I don't know what's going know what's on. Going on. No one's told me anything. <laughs> like, that's not what you should be saying as the coach. Man, I mean, not experienced in that. Uh, that doesn't matter. You should know not to say that shit. You should know not to say you have, no, you have no clue what's going on with your own player. <laughs> I'm traded for it. Doesn't you, just much traded, you just traded your, your other superstar player for who you traded, you to traded for him rival. knowing, yeah, knowing that he already had these issues. <laughs> they're a shit show, they're a shit show. But they have the raw talent if they can put it all together for. Yeah, but that doesn't win championships. Raw talent. I mean, but if they can get their groove, if they if the raw talent like, at winning solves all adversity. If you start winning, things change quickly. Everyone knows that. Like all it takes is one or two wins. You start streaking. You the vibes get higher. Like everyone starts feeling good. That's how it works. Like obviously yes, they're far. The argument... They're a long way from that, and they need to start winning to get those vibes. Not get the vibes and then start winning. But the argument is no matter the talent, if a roster isn't properly built, if the players aren't properly committed, see, like, it doesn't matter. See, like normally that's the case, but when you have guys like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's one of the like top 10 arguably most skilled basketball players to ever play basketball. Like it right. And they're I know he's been injured a lot, but like what have they done since they've gotten this team together? But Dove, we're also not talking about how they're. We're not talking about if they're a championship contender right now. We're asking, can they give a the Bucks a team like the Bucks a run for their money in the first round? Can they knock out one of the Eastern Conference favorite? My and point is, I don't even necessarily. You're, you're looking see them way as too far ahead right now. I don't even see them as contenders right the now. The Nets or the Bucks? The Nets. 
but we're not talking about championship contenders. Right. But my point is, is I don't, I'm not worried about like, yes, it would be an interesting series. And I think it could, it could go to six or seven. I still think the bucks are winning. Okay. I'm still not worried about that. Okay. All right. Let, let's give, give, I could give be me that wrong. I don't give care. me, give me your seven and eight seed predictions out of those four teams. Who are, who are the seven and eight seed? I'll go first. I think the nets are going to be the seven seed. Personally, I think uh, I think Charlotte's going to be the eighth seed. I think they're going to surprise people. Uh, I think the Cavs drop out, and I think the Hawks also just don't have enough around Trey Young. Uh, JD, who's your seven and eight? Uh, looking at it now, I think I would be stupid to not put the Nets at my seven. I think that's just the logical thing. Um. But I really am questioning this Hornets-Hawks game because I'm starting to think about the Hornets. And like Mindy said last week, like that IT signing brings a lot of experience. And he's seen the playoffs. We're talking one game. One yeah, game they have to win two games. Like well, yeah. Anything, anything is possible. Exactly. exactly. But I don't know. I think – it would probably be the Hawks, but I think the Hornets could take them probably to like overtime in one of them. Yeah. You know? uh, Jack? I'm also going with the Nets. KD's not going to lose one game to make it to the playoffs, even if he has a second game to still get there. And at eight, I'm sticking with my Cavs. I think they're going to surprise the winner of the Hornets-Hawks game. We're going to see Darius Garland drop. 25 to 30 points and they're going to be the eight seed and uh dove seven and eight i got i got brooklyn and charlotte i mean i i don't think like everyone said you can't you can't say that brooklyn or that kevin durant's gonna lose one game yeah. it's just not happening like i just i i can't say that um but i i think while i agree with about the Cavs being a surprise. I think it could cause a lot of issues in that that um that loser winner game. Um, I just don't know if they have enough to do it against you know a team like Atlanta or Charlotte where they're going to be dropping like 115, 120 points on you. And I don't know if I don't know if they can match that. Yeah, I just think the Cavs are slumping too hard, uh, and I think it's just going to catch up to them. And just in classic Cleveland fashion, they're just going to choke, and uh, that's the bottom line. Um, so before we go into the Western Conference um, play and discussion, Dove has stuff he wants to say. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's what happens. So you don't I... get a good introduction when you interrupt me in, before. Man. Okay, well – um, I thought it would be fun, you know, now that we we actually have a little bit more of a, dyna- a, dy- ugh, a dynamic and it's not just one person talking to another because you can't really do trivia with just one person. It's kind of weird. Um, so I was thinking I got three trivia questions for you guys. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the question and we're going to go around and each person gets three guesses (laughs) and you guys are going to try and guess the top five and what I'm telling you. So for the first question, we just work as a team. No, Uh, it's just whoever can guess the players. 
Yeah. Okay. Just, um, okay. And you each you you each only get three guesses, and you're trying to guess the top five. Like so, we get like three strikes. Yes. Sorry, three strikes. Um, okay. And we're gonna start with team stats. Who have the top bench points in the league right now? As of today, according to NBA.com, what are the five teams that hold the most bench points per game? Phoenix. I... Oh, we're just got them. We're just no, guessing. No, no. yeah. You get you got you got. If you guess it wrong, I'll tell you. So Phoenix is wrong. Clippers. You have one, you have one strike. Clippers. That's number three. Um, Grizzlies. Grizzlies is not on here. But they are number six. Miami. Oh. Miami is number one. Yeah. That was my first guess, but I went with Phoenix instead. Yeah. Mavericks. I, I don't – no. I don't think you guys – so, Duva, you have two? Well, I two got one other. right. You got so, one yeah, right. But you have two. That's his first strike. Yeah, you have one guess. Okay, so you – whatever. Whatever. Just keep going. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with – oh, I had it in my head and I went away. I think you have two guesses left, Jack. Let's do the Hornets. No. That's a good guess. <laughs> so right now you guys have one and three. So you're still missing two, four, and five. Um give me give me give me uh give me Milwaukee. No. I'm telling you, these are not teams that you think would be like two, three, two, four, and five are not like one and three, at all. Okay. okay. Orlando. Good no, guess. but I like the thought process. Good guess. I like. I'm the going process. with. Is it me? Yeah, it's you. I'm yeah. going with the Utah Jazz. No, but they are seven. You, you oh have. Gosh. You keep doing like. Give me a uh, Jordan Clarkson. Give me. Yeah. Give me the Detroit good. Pistons, Dove. Sadly, the Detroit Pistons, let's see. Not bad. We're number nine. We're number nine. Not bad. Number nine at 38. And by the way, these are like, it's separating, like the top 10 is all like within four digits. <laughs> so it's not a huge difference. But like, you want me to just tell you the top yeah, five are? Yeah, yeah. The Knicks, number one. At number one, you got the Miami Heat at 40 points per game. Yeah, I had that but, one. Actually, I just realized number two is tied with number one with my with Miami Heat with also four points per game. The Rockets, the Houston Rockets. I said wow. Houston. You did? Last guess. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't hear that. Um, number four is the Spurs. Really? So that's like Doug McDermott, Trey Jones, Josh Primo, the Thunder. Shout and out number Doug. five. I can't believe you guys didn't guess this because this is like we talked about this. Like this is the deepest the team the in the Lakers, league. deepest the team in the league, has has four, three or four players for every position. It's not the in the East. We talked about their uh, injury report. We we talked about this like a while ago, like at the what? beginning of the season. The Chicago. Washington Wizards. Oh, that makes sense. That the makes Washington sense. Wizards are number yeah. One. Yeah, and by the way, it's, it's 40, 40, 39.7, 39.5, okay. and 39. Right. So it's All like, right. it's not it's not a huge difference, but like the Rockets at number two. Okay. This one, I think 
a little bit more interesting. So we're looking at in a game, in games, per game, who has the highest fourth quarter point averages? Joker. No. Cade. And by the – oh, sorry. We're doing top four because I think this stat is kind of broken because Malik Newman and Sekou Dumboy are five and six. Shots on Sekou. So we're doing top four, not top five. Sekou. So I'll Cade Cunningham. Joker. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. No. Devin Booker. No, but he does, he does lead uh, rookies and in, in rookies in clutch time. In clutch Devin clutch. Booker. Yeah. Devin Booker, no. What? John Morant. I know. I know. Uh, John Morant, no. And just throw these out because this is going to be Joel and Demar DeRozan. No. DeMar, DeMar DeRozan is yeah. number two. Good one. DeMar DeRozan is Good number one. two. Steph and Curry? No. Bones Island. On? LeBron is number four. Wow, I did not think that. Stars, Good. stars. These last two guys are like everyone on this on this list is yeah, yeah, superstar, superstar. Giannis is number three. KD. Wow. So who is number Embiid. one? I said him. No, you already guessed Embiid. Oh, oh. It's not. It's not someone um, based off of their Pascal, season. Pascal Siakam. No, that's Imagine actually a really good guess. <laughs> Imagine. Okay, think about it like this. This player has had a really, really good season for how long they've been playing. Reggie Jackson. <laughs> that's good. That's a good. That's a great guess. Carmelo Anthony. No. no, 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 no. For oh, okay, no, I get, I get how you could have misinterpreted it. This season, for how long they played in this season. Oh, how many games they've played. Kyrie. Kyrie is number one. Sadiq and he's, he's above everyone else. He's, he's by far above everyone else. DeMar DeRozan and Giannis are tied um, at two and three. But, yeah, it's Kyrie, DeMar, Giannis, and LeBron. It's actually – I mean, it's – um, Don't forget second. that. It's, it's much smaller, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. In those small games, he clearly – you know, I mean, we've seen it. He dropped 60. And dropped yeah. 60. All right. This one is going to be a little bit more difficult. We're gonna try and this one you just just throw out names. Um, top five scorers in the 2019 draft class right now. Tyler here. 2019 Hero. draft class. That's not uh, 2019. What is it? Can you tell me who the number one pick was? I think so, it was so you, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Anthony Edwards and Lamella Anthony Ball. Edwards. Lamella so Ball. Tyler Hero. So they're both there. So that is Tyler here. Wait. Yeah. 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 That's Tyler here. So this is broken. All right. Cancel it. Cancel it. Man, because this says – wait, this is confusing because this says – We'll be back. Sure about that? Technical difficulties. You'll try again next week to stump us, Doug. You can't even stump yourself. Oh, wait. No, it's broken. <laughs> Hold on. I didn't click run it. No, no, no. We're good. We're straight. We're good. It's working. All right. Top five. Tyler here. Right? Tyler uh, here is number, Tyler's An- number three. Anthony Edwards and this is John Bob. Morant. This is John Morant draft class. That's 2019. Oh. John I'm Morant and, Z- and Zion Williamson. Yes. I'm RJ so Barrett. We're all dumb as hell. RJ Barrett. Barrett's number four. So it, we're missing Tyler's one. Tyler's number three. RJ's number four. You're missing one, two, and five. Ja. Desmond ja is number one. Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, I'm so confused by why that even came out of your mouth just now. Uh, is it total points or points per game? Points per game. The whole point is like now that they're in their third season, what are they? Zion, there's no way Zion Williamson is not top five in points per game. 
points per game this season. Oh, this <laughs> season? Oh. Jordan Poole. Yes, sir. You're missing number two. Is that Desmond Bain or no? That's next year. Oh. Um, it's not DeAndre Hunter. We've obviously. talked about this player's team today. This man, we actually didn't even really mention him. He's by far the best – not by far, but he's the best player on that team. Shea? No. No. He, he recently Murray. He recently found himself with a nice little accolade that we didn't expect him to get. Uh, Seriously? Darius Garland? Darius Garland. Thank you. Darius Are you Garland. talking about his all-star selection? Yes, that's an okay. accolade. Okay. <laughs> he's also number one in assists for that year. Um, all right, 2020. Oh, we're doing more. Um, <laughs> I hate y'all. This is Anthony Edwards. Is this Desmond? This is Anthony Edwards. This is Anthony Edwards. Anthony number Edwards one. and Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is number three. Shouts out, dude. I give up. Is Lamelo? Right. Lamelo Ball is number two. So this isn't Killian entertaining Hayes. at all. All right. Killian Hayes. Killian. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, yeah, he's up there. Oh, no, that's last uh, year. That's uh, 2019. Uh, yeah. I, that was a good guess. He just popped it in my head. Well, just, just because I want to do this and I want to push this narrative right now, can you guess who the number one scorer in this year's – Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Him, Franz Wagner. Him, the rookie of the year, is the number one points per game player for rookies right now. He also is him. Herb Jones, rookie of the year. <laughs> you just hop on that bag wagon, bandwagon. Um, on a serious note, for the rookie of the year, real quick, all I'm going to say is that earlier in the pod, Dove actually said in the pod, uh, Evan Mobley without uh, Jared Allen in the uh, back court or front court. Sorry, he's looked really like struggling. And I would say that would be happening this entire year if he was on the Pistons. So I think it's a lot different. And the people out there saying he's the rookie of the year, ridiculous. But yeah, that, people don't realize that both of the other teams with the Rookie of the Year candidates, Scotty Barnes and uh, Evan Mobley, you're talking about two teams that have two all-star – or one all-star guard, Irvin Fleet, Darius Garland, and then two, all, two all-star two all centers or forwards, bigs, whatever, Pascal Siakam, Jared Allen. Yeah, they also didn't miss me, nearly as much time this. as Cade. That's a big – Tell me that that's factor. equivalent. Uh, yeah, but, like, playoff success, like like standings should not – play a factor play any role in a in, in, in rookie year. year all right but that's we'll do that at the end of the season um yeah. all right uh to wrap right. up uh after that trivia fun um failure well, we already talked about the west playing teams a little bit so can't, not going to talk about the clippers and the lakers as much because we kind of already talked about their uh footing and as far as uh seating goes but Teams we did not talk about that have a chance of being in the play-in are the Wolves, who are pretty much locked in, the Pelicans, and the Spurs. Um, the Spurs are really just competing for that last spot with Los Angeles uh, Lakers, and the Pelicans 
are sitting pretty comfortably at the at the uh, nine seed. So does anyone have anything they'd like to say about those Wolves, Pelicans, or Spurs um, as far as heading into the play-in tournament or um, how do you think they will fare in the play-in tournament or how do you think they'll, they would fare if they make it out of the play-in tournament? We're pushing the Wolves agenda till we die. If you want to do that, you can die on that. I'm not dying on the Wolves. I'm not dying on the hill, but still. Um, I like the Wolves. Sorry. <laughs> can you repeat what you, what you asked? I was sorry. just saying, I mean, we already talked about the Clippers and the Lakers. Is there anything right. to talk about with the Wolves, Pelicans, and Spurs? Like, I personally, I don't think there is much. I don't think the Spurs are making it. I think the Wolves are pretty far ahead of the other eight, nine, and 10 teams. And I think the Pelicans suck. Like, they're just, they got hot at the right time, and the Western Conference is awful. So, I would tell you that you're technically wrong. The I'm Pelicans hurt. I'm hurt. suck right now because they don't have Zion. But if, they, they had well, Zion yeah. if they had Zion, you can't say that shit this, to me. Then the Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum with the with the Herb Jones, with the with the Jackson Hayes, with the Valanciunas, with like Doug, with the Jose Alvarado, like you got it. You, can, you, you can't say that Alvarado. shit. You can't say that shit because <laughs> I was literally saying how Paul George's addition, that superstar addition to the Clippers transforms them from a play-in team to a team that could potentially win a playoff series. And then you're saying, oh, yeah, but the Pelicans didn't have Zion. Wait, what? They're not Wait, getting did Zion. I say that? Did yeah, I say that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Am I wrong here? I have... He was saying that shit, right? Am I? Dude. Um, no yes. way. No yes. way. I did not say that. I compared, well, I I compared it, Paul um, George's on a different planet. <laughs> I compared Paul George's situation to Zion. You did no. not. That's not no, you're, not. you're 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 just you're ignorant to what you said because what did I say? Just you're, you're, said. the way the way you're saying describing the Pelican situation is how I was describing the Clippers situation, and you were calling my take on the Clippers situation wrong. Because but I was not saying, because of Zion. I was saying it was. I wasn't saying it was wrong. Even I was more just. A bit, I was more going off of what Mindy said, and what it seemed like was he was saying that they'll just move right past the Wolves, and that's not. I didn't agree with that. I thought that the Wolves could be a problem for the Clippers, but that's all I was saying. All right, that's okay. all I was saying. Okay, I wasn't saying it's the same thing as the, the Clippers Pelicans, have although, Paul George back. That's the difference between a team like them and a team like the Pelicans. The Pelicans aren't getting Zion back. They're not. Yes. But next year, maybe. Probably it's the not. same thing maybe. with the Nets and Ben Simmons, but like the Nets actually have superstars already. Like so CJ is there anyone and, that you guys in the West want to talk about? Since clearly I, don't want to talk about the I mean, Pelicans we already or... talked Lakers and Clippers. I, if there's if I we can keep talking about them, but I I mean it'll, man, it'll let's get talk a about redundant. KPJ triple double and Jalen Green thirty point game last night. Let's talk about that um, was something. Yeah, that was impressive. Let's talk about uh, Cade Cunningham dropping three points in the second half. The other like I don't know. There's a lot going on. I was impressed by the Rockets. I was looking yeah, at their still last lost. few games, and uh, games. it's like every time KPJ yeah. plays well, Jalen Green plays well, which is pretty cool to see. Obviously, there's a little hatred out there with uh, Cade being one, Jalen being two. But 
I like what the Rockets have. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we can Jay still hate on Van Decent. I love him. Kevin Martin, been decent. Um, and obviously Christian Wood. And Alfred mm-hmm. Schengen. And uh, the guy that apparently Steven Silas hates and Usman Garuba. But we like to see the Rockets winning games because we want the best chance at the first pick. Yes, sir. But they lost to Davion Mitchell. Yeah. They did. But the game before that, they won. Which also is another thing. Like, Davion Mitchell's a much in that game than I thought he was going to be. I thought that would be his. That poster? I just wasn't – I wasn't aware that he could score at this level, like at an at a NBA level. I, I thought defense and, you know. I don't want to take away from Davion Mitchell, but <laughs> any team that's not playing for a playoff spot, it doesn't – these care. games don't I, don't – I don't care. These games – like, they can – like, it's still NBA games, but – You know who – you know who disagree with you? Who? The Indiana Pacers. I, I couldn't care less. I'm, I'm not getting into the Indiana Pacers right now. Let's, let's I don't wrap want this to up. Who's it. your seven and eight seed out of the West? I'm going Wolves, Clippers. I don't think the Lakers can win even with AD. Now, take it back. Clippers, Lakers, L.A. L.A., L.A. JD. I agree with that uh, take. I think, like we said earlier, if the Clippers don't blow it and Paul George, I won't call any names. Uh, if Paul George plays to what he can, then we'll uh, see them make it through. And same with the Lakers. I know uh, LeBron has been hungry to uh, make it back to the playoffs and show what he can do. He's been showing it all season. He leads the league in points per game, um, which is crazy, 37. And he's just, yeah. I think it's going to be the L.A. show. We'll see. Uh, I think the Wolves could scare people, though, for sure. Yeah. Doug? Um, I mean, I think the Clippers probably – I mean, either way, I think the Clippers are in, even win or lose that first game. Um. And then I really, really don't trust the Lakers. I trust LeBron, but I don't trust the Lakers. Like, LeBron, you, they're you still got the losing. You got the Wolves. There's, yeah, I got the Wolves. Bro. I got the Wolves. All right, Jack. I'm going Clippers, and I'm going Timberwolves. I don't see the Lakers making it this year. Uh, yes, yeah. sir. I, I don't think it's meant to be. That's the safe bet, but – yeah, it's not the safe bet. That's the opposite. We're betting. No. On, we're not betting on LeBron. We're betting on Anthony Edwards, Cat, and D'Angelo Russell. That's and definitely the opposite. You pissing me off. You're pissing me off. That, that, well, I've never fucked with you. Never. Lakers are not going to be fit. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Dude's like. <laughs> All right. This was certainly an experience. Um, be patient with us. We'll continue improving. We'll get better. We'll get better over time. Um, anyone have any last thoughts before I uh, wrap it up? Uh, just make sure to uh, to download the episode on whatever platform you listen to. Leave us a little uh, five stars or whichever one they have on your platform, like stars. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, share it with your friends, your family, your grandma, your dog, your uncle, your aunt, your friend that lives down the street that 
kind of just stares at you when you walk past. Um, give it to everyone. Show it to everyone. We're uh, we're we're trying to start anew, and like Shoop said, we're trying to figure it out. So give us some time. But right, thank, thank you, all. thank yeah. you, Dove. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Jack. Uh, thank we'll be you. back next week. Thank you, Shoop. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.